Hi, it's Zara. Let's take a mindful moment together. Progressive muscle relaxation is an awesome tool to use when you're feeling overwhelmed. By tensing up your different muscle groups, you're able to relax them more thoroughly. It helps you catch your breath, slow down your heart rate. Here's a quick way to start your practice. Raise your shoulders all the way up to your ears, hold, and release. And I tell my kids, shake it out a little bit. Today's guest, we have my friend Claudia. Claudia is high energy, fun, a beautiful human. Claudia will have your back no matter what, and that's what defines her as a hype man in communities. Welcome to episode four. Action. Welcome to Therapy Hour with Zara. Our guest today is Claudia. Here is Zara. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Claudia. Hi, Zara. Hi, Thank- Stephen. Thanks for coming over today. Of course. I know that you almost forgot. I did. I did almost forget. But Actually, I did forget. Thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. So today we wanted to talk about community. We are social beings. Community embodies belonging, support, and purpose. We find communities in our values and beliefs and interests. And I wanted to bring you onto this podcast because you, of all the people that I know, belong to so many different types of communities. I would say that's like a fair, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely have spread myself across a bunch of groups. It's kind of a weird way to say it, but... <laughs> that's okay. Thanks. <laughs> How do you define community and what is important in creating that foundation? It's a good, good question. Um, defining community. Hmm. So I feel like a community is a place either like you live in an area or something where you, you're, you're tied to the people around you through a common thread, whether it be location or a, an interest or a hobby or a circumstance. And uh, trying to, ultimately the point of the community is making sure that everyone within it feels like that they belong and have access to those same resources, um, depending on the needs of that community, whether it's like location where you live, you have your neighborhood security, you have your neighborhood um, like the, the people you can go to if you need sugar or you want to share coffee or something. Um, but you also have communities like in sports where you all bind together over the hobby and this gives you access to like practices and social um, social settings and stuff. Yeah. How That's do you how define, define community, it. Steven? Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> like who you, yeah, same thing. Like who you get sugar <laughs> from. How do you define community, Zara? You're the expert. Well, I think that I, until we started like talking about this podcast, I didn't really realize that I didn't grow up with community. I grew up with my family and I considered them a community like That unit. is community. Right. But I didn't grow up with like in sports. I didn't grow up like in a neighborhood where I did things. I didn't do anything in school. So ah. until I like moved to Chicago, I didn't really have a community. And then we started talking about this and I was like, oh, wow. It's, it's it's tough. And I think that a lot of, like, community is important for people with mental illness because they primarily feel loneliness and hopeless. And so when you embody community within them, then there's instilled hope, right? And social connection. I think it's really important for us as humans to have social connection. Definitely. Um, that reminds me of this, um, it, this like, uh, have you heard of the rat park theory? No. Okay. Tell me. So it's, uh, I heard it from like a mental, like a bio psych class I took. And the rat park theory was about addiction. This person was studying addiction in rats and gave them the option of having, um, like take one rat, give them the option of having heroin water or regular water. And all these rats got addicted and died, all overdosed and died. And like, well, this isn't actually replicative of what people experience people don't live in isolation like this um or don't those who do tend to find themselves in these like serious addictive patterns where they might just end up be really lonely or people like naturally crave like community in Mm -hmm. some way so this guy created a the ultimate fantasy rat park where he uh again had the heroin water and regular water but then put a like a bunch of, or a a number of rats in this scenario where they had like 
cheese and wheels and like it was just the ultimate fantasy land for rats yeah and uh they some might drink the heroin water and might go back to it a second time they had zero addiction and zero relapse (gasps) and they would put rats that were addicted and like they were isolated then put them in there and they would stop being addicted like they might go to it but so the idea is that um people who like tend to get in trouble with their addiction and go to rehab and stuff they get like isolated from community after that they might not be able to get a job or their family and friends might not want to be around them and we're so used to like distancing things that are negative um but really someone who's trying to overcome addiction it's better for them to be in a community where they feel welcomed and and safe so like in uh, i want to say portugal or something instead of if you get addicted or if you're if you're seeking seeking um care for addiction they like immediately get you that help to um, detox, but then also give you a job right away and huh. get you like a place in the community where you're interacting with normal people. And they've seen a really huge decrease. Wow. That like reminds me of like people coming out of the criminal justice system too. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like the mentally ill, the criminal offenders, rats. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you work specifically with rats? Me? <laughs> no, I don't work with rats. Oh, okay, I don't know. Never mind. That's not what she called them to their face. Oh. Ooh, I would never. I would never. <laughs> so, what's important in creating a found like creating the foundation of a community? Uh, so that's actually something I don't. I've never started a community. I've just inserted myself into them. Yeah. So, what what do you find important in looking for a community then? Um, so... Ooh, can I interrupt you? Absolutely. Can we name some communities that you're a part of? Uh, yeah. Um, so in Chicago, I would say that there's the comedy, stand-up comedy scene and Zany's community that I'm in. Um, Steven and I are part of that community. Yes, you too. That's how we all met. (laughs) That is how (laughs) we all met, actually. Um, but with that, like, it's because we share a common bond of liking stand-up comedy or being in it in some way, wanting to be close to it. And, like, I I work at Zany's, so, like, I have money as well. But, like, it's about feeling good and, like, knowing that, um, I'm going to go there, I'm going to go to Zany's, and I'm going to have a, a good time, regardless if there's 10 people in the crowd or a, a sold-out show. Yeah. That's Especially how I feel after about Zany's. After the show's over, and it's just, like, us in the comics and just having a good time. I miss those times. Same. Same. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of having that common, like, goal and or connecting thread to keep us together um, if Zany's all of a sudden turned into an improv club, we're not, it's not the same community. It's not what I was going in there for. Mm-hmm. So I think as long as it's consistent in why this community is established, then I think that's a good foundation. Um, and some are just built in. Like I said, if you like just live in a neighborhood, like that's your community based off like you live here or a community of where you work. So you might be more invested of what goes on there because you just, you live there. These are your neighbors. Do you think it's a blessing or a curse to be able to pick your own community? Hmm. I mean, I think if it's where you live, then it can go either way. Like, if you don't really get to pick, like, you don't, kids don't get to pick where they grow up. So I think it it can be a blessing for a lot of people and it can be a curse for a lot of others. Um, But I think not being afraid to go and find communities that I like is a blessing. Yeah. Or like, I like pool. I'm going to go find a, like a pool club and go play billiards. Yeah. I want to be clear. (laughs) Billiards. Like I'm going to go find that club and I'm going to find that group until I feel safe and respected and also have a good time and challenged to improve my pool game. Yeah. So you're part of, uh, you play pool. You also play Aussie football. Yeah, I did. I haven't played in a little bit, but... But that's a team that you're a part of as well. Mm -hmm. Any other communities here in Chicago? Um, We have Zany's Pool. Um, 
Aussie rules. Those are the three main ones. And then I have my other job as well, um, which I think is kind of its own community too. But when I, I don't know. Yeah, that medical <laughs> practice, it's its own ball game, really. Yeah. They have like their own way of like I am and stuff too. Yes. So yeah, I got it. Yeah, we have a lot. Yeah. A lot of internal. What kind of communities are you part of? Me? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, well, I think the family counts as a community. Yeah? Ah, uh, yeah. Are you close with your family? Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. Do you have a favorite family member? No, I guess not. Um, I don't really care for many of them. It's not, <laughs> your, it's not your dad. He's all right. My brother's all right. Yeah, they're cool. I think your dad's my favorite part of your family. <laughs> oh, okay. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> shout out to Mr. Haas. Yeah, shout out. Um, yeah, they're all pretty cool. What was the question? Oh, which communities am I a part of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, uh, like the comedy scene is sort of a community. Um, friends count as a community. Yeah. You yeah. could. Yeah. If you'd like to. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. <laughs> all my friends are part of my hobbies, though. Yeah, that's how you, like, make friends. Yeah. Where I think Stephen makes friends and then puts them in his own community. Does that sound ah. like? Okay. He's the recruiter of community. Like yeah. I am the community, you think? The Stephen community? The Stephen community. Oh, the wow. Stephen Haas community. It's an exclusive community. group. Yes. Stephen ha- has Somebody like a following a on TikTok right now. What we called like the, like. I don't have a following on TikTok. <laughs> That's not true at all. But Subscribe. You guys should watch his videos. They're really funny. Shout out, yeah. Watch What's your, the videos. Inst- your TikTok called? Let's plug the TikTok. Uh, it's Stephen Haas TikTok, which is my name followed by the name of the app. I like this sexy voice you got going on. It's I I think I do Janice like a Joplin. I do like a late night radio voice when I yeah. Which, like you're trying to be Morgan Freeman telling a story. Because you can hold the mic as close or as far as you want. So why not just hold it close and just talk Hello. real calm. Right, Zara? I think Stephen is also just a calm person. Yeah, is if we could not psychoanalyze. Let's go back to community. Well, we were asking what kind of communities you're part of. I'm part of, I'm part of the, like, the comedy community. And I remember when I entered it, it was like, it was like overwhelming. Yeah. Because like, then I was like seeing comics everywhere. I was like, everywhere. I already watched. I already watched comedy everywhere in the city and then now seeing them outside of their own little like places it was just crazy it's yeah it's definitely weird because I like there's some comics I know like I actually personally know and then there's some comics I've seen that like will then follow me on Instagram and I'm like (gasps) like fangirling over like (laughs) a con like a like a borderline unemployed person yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The comedian I saw once that I thought was funny who keeps trying to come work at Zany's. Yeah, I love when people yet. think that we have. Like when I was when I started managing, people would like email me. I'm like, forward. I don't like know tapes. how to help you. They're like, can you tell me how to like get in contact with whoever? I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't. You couldn't have just given them an email. I gave them um, Bert's email. Okay, yeah. I was like, here you go. Email this person. Did anyone send you don't. tapes, though? Like, I really would really appreciate well, One person sent me stuff. her. Yeah, one person sent me her tape. And then you're like, I don't want to be a part of this community anymore. I just <laughs> didn't want to feel like I was disappointing anyone. And that would have been, not being able to give them a set or time on stage would be disappointing for them. And do you think disappointing people pushes them out of a community? I think it, like... It puts a really negative impact on them. Okay. But you can't control. I mean, yeah, you can control your actions, I suppose. Also, yeah, I would. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you definitely can. By the way, no, for any listeners, you like, can control your actions. <laughs> I'm thinking in terms of um, disappointing them or not. Okay. Because you can't really control how they feel. Yeah, and in a community, like at least for me, I want to. I want people to feel like they belong there. So when you tell them that they can't get stage time and you can't help them get stage time, then in some underlining way, you're t- 
telling this person that they don't belong. Yeah. Or they're not good enough. Yeah. Like they're not. Yeah. And then it just makes me feel guilty, even though I have zero to do with the process of getting them on stage. You know, I don't care how funny somebody is. I could tell whoever's booking them and they'll be like, maybe I know funnier. Yeah. What do you think communities need to be exclusive? Isn't that, is that what makes it a community? Well, that's a good question. I should really be the host of this show because I have you all are, the good questions. You are a co-host. Oh, that's true. We do this together. We are now I'm creating a community. I'm watching the levels. Hey guys, I'm like half paying attention. This is about me. <laughs> I know. Focus on Claudia, okay? I'm trying no, to run the we'll board, come up with the questions. Well, I think you make it oh, actually leading on to one of my other questions. Well, don't pick. It was my question, and it was a good question. Well, yeah, let's answer Stephen's first question. Do communities that have he's to be ever exclusive? Uh, yes, that was the um, question. I don't think they necessarily have to be exclusive, but I do think that they do have to maintain a goal. I think that you also accidentally get into communities as well, right? So if you are, if you suffer from addiction then you're in that kind of community right like you're in aa you're in rehab you're in or you're with your your group of friends that's really cool with doing that particular drug that you're addicted to right you guys are all in this little group right which is why sometimes people don't recover from addiction is because they just feel so much comfort with like the people that didn't make them feel like shit for having an addiction yeah sort of other drug addicted people yeah I think, I think that community. I keep going back so, to my bad. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I think communities, in their own way, are so much needed for our own personal being. I think that the communities serve a purpose as a community for the collective society, but I think they're way more important for us personally than anything else. And I think that when we go into a community or we say that we're part of something. Um, yeah, I don't know what you're saying. You're saying communities are important for people as opposed to society. I think Aren't people. I think we society? personalize communities. That's what I'm trying to say. So we personalize communities, and I think that they become a big part of our being. I think Claudia is a good example of that because she is very independent. She is also all over the place, and her schedule is completely packed between the things that she does pre-COVID. I don't know about post-COVID. Post-COVID, no. I I hang out with you two. So you have plenty of time. This was like, <laughs> there was nothing else to do. I mean, I just, I work, my main job, I work Zanies, which has been huge during COVID, and hang out with the comedy community that way. I haven't really done pool. The couple times I have, it's been a little nerve-wracking because people, like, weren't wearing masks or sanitizing anything. It sounds like you're talking, were you talking about identities, Zara? Was that your point, that communities inform how you identify yourself? Yes. See, this is why we work together. This is therapy hour with Stephen, with my (laughs) co-host, Zara. Stephen, we are co-hosts. We have to do this together. We are a community, and we are inviting people into our community. Okay. Well, Zara's point was that communities are how people define their own identity, which I would agree with. (gasps) I'd agree with that, too. I definitely agree with that. I think I identified so much as being alone and hopeless for a long time in my life that community wasn't even important. And now all I I'm like so eternally like grateful for the people around me and the people that I and the things that I get to do. Yeah, and doesn't it doesn't that go back to like uh, pre you know human times? Monkeys have communities. They have little tribe collectives they hang out with, and we sort of evolved. Yeah. Still that monkey brain. Yeah, I think us as humans, like, we crave that social interaction with yeah. other people. And that's how you get communities. That's how you get communities. But do they need to be exclusive? That's the oh, question. So the question is, what do you think? Well, I think that to an extent they do, certainly. That's why you look at, like, uh, like Orthodox Jewish communities. They, I mean, they're very exclusive. And, or any sort of, like, you know, conservative religious community tends to be pretty exclusive yeah. with who they let in. And those are some, you know, centuries-old communities. Yeah, I, d- I do think that there's perhaps in- just inherently exclusive. And any community in a way, like if, if I'm part of a pool community, but somebody wants to come in and play darts, like, we're yeah, get not... Get the hell out. I'm kind of loud? No, I said get the hell out. Oh. I was <laughs> a joke. 
Um, yeah, it's just like, well, then we're not a we're not a pool team anymore. We're a pool team with a weird dart player. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's not in our community. He wants to play fucking darts, yeah. which is also fun. It's not one I want to be in a league in. <laughs> You're like, just to clarify, I like dart pe- people playing paper. <laughs> I'm not dart anti-dart people. people. <laughs> the dart people. <laughs> so what the other question that I had was that there in communities, there's like different roles, right? There's leaders, there's followers, there's the people. People who confirm the people uh, conform the people who really emphasize their own values and beliefs. So where do you think you stand in that? Definitely a participant and the the hype man. I add I add the little sparkle or extra fun. Yeah, and make it and make it fun and make it cute. Yeah, that that's my role in the community. I'm not I'm not really a leader. I don't do much recruiting. I'm I'm there for a good time. I am in every community that I'm in. Yeah. And I think just going to Stephen's point earlier of like how we identify so much in our communities, I think that's a good example of that's a good example. You're a good example of that. Because you're like, I'm gonna embody this, I'm gonna take it on, and I'm not gonna contribute anything else or anything more to it than needs to be. On one of the teams I did play, they wanted me to be like they wanted me to recruit people and talk about the sport and like the sport's great so much fun i'm just not good at recruiting like i'm just not the people i try to recruit aren't athletically inclined at all well why are you recruiting people who wouldn't be part of that community then because i don't know anyone but the people i know (laughs) but there's other people on the team that are really good at recruiting and i'm like make may have them recruit just when they're on the team, have them meet me, and they'll stay. <laughs> does that mean they're just friendlier? Like, what does recruiting mean in, this, in the context of community? It's like bringing people in. Bringing people in and, like, in, inspiring them to join or get out of their comfort zone or just showing them, like, hey, you, you might belong in this community. Come check it out. Oh, so, like, getting them to come back. Or getting them to come in general. So they're just more welcoming. Or more convincing. Mm. You think, you, okay, you think they're tricking them? There's like a no, salesman no, no, no. aspect like, to it? Like, like a sales pitch. Just like, okay. hey, why don't you, like, if I were to describe like Aussie Rules football and I'm trying to get you to join the team, I'm like, we tackle, we run. Um, I've definitely injured my knee a number of times. And then people are like, oh, this sounds dangerous. <laughs> I don't want to go. Whereas maybe someone, someone else, or they're going to just talk about it way better and be like, we're a good group of dudes and or people and I'm not a dude. But like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But doesn't that help within no that idea of being exclusive? Is that you can pick and choose the people you invite? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know anyone outside of those communities, really. Yeah. Besides, I think comedy, the comedy community here in Chicago, is very exclusive. Definitely. I think anyone can join, but not everyone can is welcome. That's <laughs> real. I mean, you mean in terms of like open mics, anyone can sign up? Anyone can be a stand-up comedian. Yeah, you literally just have to change like your Facebook name to just Steven the Comedian, and then you're a comedian. <laughs> Steven the Comedian. <laughs> is that, was that your name in the beginning? That was my stage name, Steven, Steven the, comedian. the Comedian. Yeah. I can't tell if you're joking. Oh, okay. What contributions do you make to your communities? I, and I, give examples. Well, I personally think I'm a hoot and a half and hilarious. Yeah. So I think I just bring, like, positive energy and make the people around me. I try to make the people around me feel good and welcome. Um, yeah, I just try to just bring an overall good time. If I see someone in pools having kind of like a – a shitty game, I might go comfort them or give them distance or afterwards just be like, hey, we're, we're doing some shots. Like, we're going to turn this night around and have a good time. Or if, like, they're doing really well, I'm, like, the first person to, like, cheer them on. Um, you so are I the hype that, man. Yeah, I think that's my role in the, in the group, in most groups, is just, like, hyping people up. Well, that was rude. <laughs> that was the host, by the way. <laughs> What are the different options of what can be brought to a community? I feel like you're asking these questions and there's like no, I'm not sure what even the possible answers are. 
Well, Claudia's answering them. Yeah, but she's just describing her personality. She's like a friendly person. I am a friendly right. person. Right. So I think that you can bring, like, I, for one, for example, is like, I bring, like, organization to a community. Like, those are characteristics oh. that I bring in. Well, that's just because you're an organized person. Exactly. How is, so, what so what's do you the context bring? of community? Where's the... Well, how you contribute, right? So who you are as a person contributes into a community, I think. Okay. I contribute positive vibes and good energy. Yeah. I'm just trying to get to the root of these questions, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, there's people that contribute all sorts of things. Like, some people are, like, there's there's always a captain or a leader of the team. They're the ones that maintain the schedule or, um, like, or, yeah, figure out, tell everybody where we're going to be playing or where we're going to be hosting this event or whatnot. Um, and also people that you go to when you, like, have concerns or perhaps you don't feel like you belong you might have conflict with someone in the group, um, which can happen in communities all the time. So there's that... There are people that kind of have their own, like, roles. But whether they're official or not, people can kind of move into these these roles. I, I don't. I just like to have fun. Okay. It's just me. And do you think I think that is a role that yeah. you're playing, right? You're, you called yourself the participant. But I think you become, you become a crucial piece to the puzzle when you bring in the positivity because there's like other people who are like very negative who are part of the community who bring in that kind of energy as well why are you looking at me i'm not i'm just looking <laughs> okay. and then because you're across the table so then it's the leader's job or the the person to moderate and kind of figure that stuff out right and to make sure that everyone is is sitting in and sitting in is um in harmony yes and with the leader do you you keep saying leader. Does a community inherently need hierarchy? No. Well, you guys have been talking about leaders for like the last five minutes. So. I do think that, I guess, to a successful community, you, you do have a leader in a way that just, again, realigns everybody on the goal or the mission as to why you're in this community in the beginning. Um, but he doesn't inherently have more status than any of the other members not necessarily i don't think no. they necessarily need to have that but some communities do require it you know how like families have the head of the household yeah like me are you the head of your household no. of the haas household okay. the head of no, the podcast continue. just kidding just kidding <laughs> <laughs> is head of the podcast <laughs> he did all the prep work. I appreciate Steven. I know that he makes fun of me sometimes. But. Ed host. <laughs> I just, I cleaned up the studio. What was the point you were making before I interrupted? Um, like, there's always, like, someone who's the head of the family. Okay, so a leader. A leader. So that is hierarchy. Yeah, but I don't think that there needs to be hierarchy in every community. I don't think that some communities have that. I think there's, like... Like, for example, the AA community. There's no hierarchy. There's a group leader. <laughs> yeah. He's in charge. He's in charge of the group. But I think the community itself, no one's in charge of anyone okay. in that. There's not, like, a hierarchy of, like, who are the alcohol-abusing or addicted oh, versus because... the narcotic. And then that can splinter out into, like, are you pills? Or well, that's a different community. Up? I know. I'm sorry. Right? So that's, like, going, NA. I don't know why I keep going back to drug addiction and community, but I feel like there's... Because I think that people who have, I think you make a good point of the people who do have substance use problems lack community in their life, but they can find community in different ways, right? So they can find community within the, in the organiz, in the people that also use and abuse the same drugs and the people who are trying to stay sober from those drugs. So you make a yeah. good point. Yeah, that's just always something like, yeah, I always link the two together. Yeah, so I do feel bad for a lot of people that do end up in these circumstances. But even if I guess it's like not even just drug addiction, but it's like um, even like physical disabilities or mental disabilities, like they just kind of get put into this isolated group. Yeah, like I remember being in like elementary school, and it was like in retrospect kind of fucked up. But um, they would have the kids that were like mentally impaired or kids that were just hyperactive, like ADD. Um, and they also had kids who just spoke a different language. Like, two kids that I know who just were Spanish speakers. And they like, also knew English, but they got put in the same class with, like, people with behavioral disorders. Me. That happened to me. It's so fucked up. Yeah. I and was all of in... a sudden, they're, like, isolated from the group. And it, I think that the whole thing just being kind of 
isolated and its appearance of like this is the lower class yeah or like the this extra special needs but like we all hear what they're saying like we've all been on the playground yeah yeah i'm not gonna say it on a podcast (laughs) we all hear it so there was just like two students who spoke spanish and no one spoke spanish so they were like putting them in special needs well they they also spoke english but they were just like two really dark kids that like spoke primarily Spanish. And that was the only reason why I think they, they were in that class. Like they didn't have, they played with us on the playground, they were all pretty normal, but like spoke English with us, but then they'd get into class and they just were put in the special needs class. And it was just kind of like- We should get them on the pod. <laughs> that sounds like some good guests. Oh, what's up with them? Um, that happened to me when I was in elementary school, I was put in ESOL classes, um, Spanish speaking, Spanish speaking English for Spanish speaking students but I didn't speak Spanish (laughs) but my parents didn't understand so they like let me go into these classes and I did until sixth grade and then at sixth grade I like switched schools and the new school was like what is this so you have to be (laughs) in like the special needs class I was in the lowest level of classes for like a good semester until they were like oh you speak English that sounds like your parents just weren't really paying attention but that's the thing about that's the thing is that they didn't know like right i was their first born child they just moved to america like english as a second language so they must have been like oh well english is your second language go to this class yeah would prepare you and they're like this is actually for spanish people right so i learned spanish (laughs) you didn't even learn spanish from the whole thing i didn't i didn't know what they were saying i was like not learning english i wasn't learning spanish i like talked about this in my like in grad school because my like writing is really bad and so that's my excuse is like yeah but i didn't learn english the way that other kids learned english you learned it as your second language. I learned it as my Even second language. You didn't have a first language. Or this is my first language. Maybe your parents thought it was English and a second language. And they were like, ooh. Ooh, that's she'll a be good bilingual. point. Could I should be. give them credit. Really, could be. I don't think so. I'm I think that they... going to parents here. <laughs> I think they, they just didn't know. I think they just didn't know. Do you feel like your family is a community? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but... They're also far away, so I don't really connect. I don't, that's not like the first thing I think of when I think community. Yeah. But if I were back in California, I would for sure be like, yeah, my, my family. Like, yeah, that's the only community I really grew up with. I grew up with my family, my cousins, and I had a lot of them. So mm-hmm. it was easy. But it was also like for my parents, like mindset was like, well, why are we sending her to make friends if she already has friends here? So then we, our common interest was the fact that we were all brown and then that we were all related. I mean, that's, I mean, I've met some of your family, so I think that's actually really cool. Yeah. They're really fun. For you, you know, like my roommate or Becky um, also grew up with a lot of her cousins and they're like her best friends. Yeah. Whenever she goes home and I've met a few of them and I'm like, that's so dope. Um, I know my cousins and I were got along really well. We'd go on like family camping trips and stuff, and it was so much fun. And didn't really need anyone else to be there. Yeah. But I also like where I grew up too. We had like block parties were a thing. Our neighbors were like we had a strong neighborhood too. Like when we first our first house that we lived at, we had we'd have block parties every year. Um, The second neighborhood we lived at, we like. We knew a bunch of the neighbors, and we would maybe not throw a block party, but we would have parties and, like, invite everybody over. We'd go to their houses. And my dad's side, too. We were really close with our neighbors. That's really nice. I didn't, I was, I never grew up with my neighbors. Steven, fun fact, Steven's old house was by my ex's, like, my ex grew up with Steven. Which ex? Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even remember. (laughs) Yeah, I, guess, I don't remember meeting him, but I guess I did as a kid. Yeah, they, like, played together. Ooh. Oh, my God. You want to hear something so weird? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw my ex-boyfriend's dog in my lobby this morning. <gasps> an apartment lobby. With someone who looks like his current girlfriend and the dog. And I was like, 
Do you think they live in your apartment? I have a weird suspicion that they might live in my building. Oh, that would be fun. That would be a, your own community, too. Yeah. You can create a community that way, but people just living in the same location, like in the same building. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really close to the door people now. <laughs> yeah. Do you get close to people everywhere you go? I think I'm just friendly. And so people, yeah. Yeah. You can kind of drop me off anywhere and I'll make a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I admire that about you. That's I like, really I need thing. community. I don't like being super lonely. I'm extrovert at its, in its example. <laughs> um, do you get along with people who are introverted? I think so. Steven, we get along, right? Yeah, we're all right. <laughs> I can respect people's quiet and like enjoy silence and just hang out. I think that's important when we like talk about communities, like who we are and who we bring into it, right? So what does your ideal team look like? Your ideal community? I think it's what I have right now. Like I have my hobbies. Oh. I have like my my groups. I mean, pre-COVID, I think I had the most ideal. And I think post-COVID, um, those circles have gotten a lot stronger. I mean, have gotten a lot smaller, but those relationships have gotten a lot stronger. Yeah. Um, and I've made friends with people that, or I've gotten closer to people that I probably wouldn't have gotten close to if it wasn't a pandemic. Um, but yeah, it'd be like what I had prior to COVID. Just like, I have my, my friends, I have my, I have my personal hobbies and I know that if I'm in the mood for whatever, I can go and get like exactly what I need from the people there. And while it does sound pretty selfish, like I'm craving this, so I'm going to go to that group of people that I know will give it to me. Yeah. Um, but it's like a give and take. Yeah. That'd be my ideal. (laughs) Why is it important for all of us to connect to other people? Why, Claudia? Answer the question. So now I'm thinking like a politician. Like it is like a who came? Are these Miss America questions that you printed off? <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, I think that. What was the question? Yeah. What was the question? It was a Why terrible. Why is it important question. for us to connect to other people? So I think like in what a, do you mean? It's a great question. It's a terrible question. <laughs> I think you ask like, it as okay. What's your version of the question? Why why is it important to connect to other people? Well, what, what would be the inverse? Why would it Isolation. be not important to connect to other people? Isolation, protection, and self-preservation. Why do you think it's important to be happy, Claudia? You I don't think it's important minutes. to be happy at all. I think it's important to have fun. <laughs> I yeah, you make a really good point. Let's make this fun again, right? I've got a question. Yeah. And it's a good question. What is the difference between community and tribalism? Because I keep hearing about tribalism and how bad it is. But what's the difference between a tribe and a community? I wonder I wonder if the term tribe in tribalism is being used as like a as a slur, like the way in Pocahontas they would call the Native Americans savages. And so it's like, what is this? savage community when it's really just a community that other people don't understand. So you think tribal is just uh, like a communal with negative connotations? Yes. Zara, in your professional opinion. So that came up in our in my NSO, in my new staff orientation when I started at my new job because we call ourselves like the blank tribe. And someone in new staff orientation was like, isn't that offensive to people, to Native Americans? So we had this whole discussion. And that's I don't not think, the point at all. Well, that's the thing. is like, I don't know. Because I don't know other communities. I don't know how they identify themselves. I don't know if, like, if we can like, identify someone as a community or a, a unit as a community, but they might not within themselves, right? So is that what you're asking like, in terms of tribe? Well, I'm asking... It goes back to the idea of community being exclusive and tribalism is sort of communities against each other. And so do communities inherently have to be exclusive or tribal to exist? So I do think that communities, as this conversation goes on, I do think that there is a level of exclusivity, but I don't think that a community or tribalism, or even though I don't know the definition of tribalism to be real, but I don't think communities have to be against anything or against another community. Like if we take certain um, 
pro-life versus pro-choice groups, some pro-lifers aren't against people's option for choice. They like are or they actually it's the opposite. Um, people that are pro-choice aren't necessarily like I'm gonna have an abortion, but I'm pro-choice. I want everyone to be able to choose, but I'm not against if you decide to keep a baby even though you don't want to. Like, is that making sense? Am I making sense? I'm yeah, I understand. So I don't think that yeah. you have to be necessarily against anything in a community, but I do think communities are exclusive, but that's also why you join. Like Are you hinting that communities are also competitive within ah. themselves? I mean I would I think they are. I think uh, I think religious communities are competitive. I mean, sure. yeah, I think and there's, sports communities whenever there's status, there's inherently competition. And I think yeah. all communities have status to a degree, even if it's, like, not tangible. You right. just sort of know who is the head honcho and who's lower down on the on the ladder. Right, so there are roles. Yeah, these are the roles. So there are roles. They, we, didn't we agree there weren't roles, like, 20 minutes ago? Well, I was ago? just saying. I was well, just we going agreed back that there the were point. roles, but they're not necess- they don't necessarily have to be official. Okay, and they they don't necessarily have to be in order of rank. There's no yeah. rank. Like I think in like in my family unit, like my grandfather would be the head of the house, but he's not the leader of the group. So he doesn't make the decisions, but people respect. But people his... respect him, okay. and he's like high up. Where, like in, me, in my family unit, like the five of us, like I think that I am the man of the house, but I am <laughs> let's not. Get, yeah, let's get some I don't family even members there. on the pod. <laughs> I don't even look at You are like the family leader, though. You're the one who arranges the, like, Zoom meetings and parties and... They call me the family manager. Yeah, that's what you are. You're definitely the family manager. So that's my role in the community. I'm, like, the organizer. I'm, like, the person who brings everyone together. I'm the person who brings other people into the community and kind of introduces them and, like, welcome... And provides a welcoming space to all. Okay. So that's what I meant by roles. Okay. What role do you play in the community? I don't know. I don't think I have a. I don't think I'm a particularly good member of any community. I think you're a participant, like I am. Yeah, which is that's you the worst one energy. to be, right? Yeah, you. I don't bring energy. anything to the team. It's yeah, not the worst part. You need organizers. You need people who are. But like also, fun. some people just feel good in numbers, and if you're just the number, that's that true. Makes I'm like the, a pawn. Yeah, but you need pawns. That's true. They also die first. Um, how did your community change after COVID? Well, pool has changed a lot. Um, we were supposed to go to Vegas this year for a competition, and that oh. obviously got canceled. Um, football's changed a lot as well. Um, however, uh, Australia is back to being able to play footy on a national level, so it's brought people back a bit to like be able to watch their sport mm-hmm. um, but those two have kind of disappeared in a way um, and stand-up I think has gotten really strong I feel like a lot of comics that took the time during COVID lockdown um, I don't know really study their craft or practice came back with really 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 strong jokes like yeah. There's some comedians that I think before COVID I was like, you guys are you guys are fine. You guys got you guys are charming and like got got good stage presence. And then after COVID I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like they they did time well. Like it was really, really good. Um I was saying it's the comedy scene's just gotten a lot closer together. People are I don't know, yeah, I just feel like it's been in my experience just a lot stronger and Exciting, like, when you get to finally see people again, and you're like... Yeah. And then even being around, like, comedians who... It was their first time on stage in, like, six months. And being there and just being like, you got this. Like, or after the set being like... Being the hype man. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's my role. (laughs) (laughs) Your role is all places. The hype man. Um, How do we encourage people who kind of feel lonely who feel that hopelessness how do we encourage them to obtain that energy to be a part of a community or to like really reach out to their own support systems so I think that when it comes to loneliness 
you really have to go back to think about what you like and what makes you feel that spark and vitality. So I think it takes some self-reflection um, and then just starting to like kind of tap in like for people that, yeah, they might, they might be like, well, I've always been into this like genre of like TV, like anime or something they weren't in the community before where that was accepted and now they have like this lonely space and they're like, well, how do I fill this up again? Right. Um, That's a good point. And then they actually have like a cleaner slate to be like, well, I've always liked this thing. Let me just see what might be around. Yeah. And do their research and then maybe reach out. At least that's what I did. But I was like preparing to be lonely. Like I knew moving to Chicago, I was going to be relatively alone. Mm-hmm. Like, for a lot of it. And I set out to, like, I know I like pool. I'm going to find a bar where I can play pool at until I kick so much ass that someone notices. And that worked. Yeah. It fucking worked. And I knew I liked stand-up comedy and immediately found a job at a comedy club just so I can make friends and be around comedy. So, like, I knew those things, and I knew I had nothing to lose except for this loneliness and time that I was spending by myself. Yeah. I think it takes a lot. I think it it takes a lot out of a person to really like obtain that energy. But I think that there's different types of communities and there's different access to communities. You don't have to meet people in person. You can do it online. You don't have to like, you know, you can be a part of different things in a different way. Are there online communities? Uh, yeah. Reddit. Yeah, but that's not a community. You're looking at a screen. That's a community. Yeah, but you interact with each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, a, I guess one community, I guess, um, I listened to a podcast called The Black Tapes, and um, I then went, after I was done with the podcast, I went to Reddit, um, to the Black Tapes subreddit, and was able to dish with other users about how fucked up the ending was of that podcast, and what a waste of three years oh it was. God. It was so, but it felt <laughs> validating, it was just like... Me and, like, one other person just, like, commenting back and forth to each other of just, like, why did they do that? Yeah. You said one really good thing. It's validating. I think that we, as humans, crave validation from other people, from within ourselves, and the way that we get it is through communities. Yeah. I would say that's definitely a source of validation. Yeah. So to end off our podcast today, what do you do for self-care and how do you take care of yourself when you are alone or not within your own communities? Because it sounds like you're, that's a big part of your identity. Uh, what, my self-care? Um, or like being a part of communities. Being a part of communities is, but it can get exhausting with so many different ones um, that I do need my, my self-time, but also yeah, my, my self-care, I love to cook. Love, love cooking. Um, I like having people over to eat my food. That makes me feel good. Um, I've started working out again now that there's a gym in my apartment. So I just try to put time in there, and that's been helpful in making me feel, like, more confident. Um, or, like, if I'm, if I'm feeling cranky and I'm like, I just need to get energy out, I could bundle up in my bed and watch Shit's Creek, which is also fun. Or I can go on the treadmill and, like, walk for 30 minutes until I encourage myself to do something else. Nice. Or not. Yeah. But cooking is my main my main outlet, my main creativity. I love chopping. Really? Love chopping. What's your favorite thing to cook? I think my favorite thing to cook for other people and for myself would have to be just, like, a simple pasta marinara. Ooh. You've made that for me. Yeah, I have. I made it last night for for Becky and my other friend that came over. Nice. Yeah. I like making marinara sauce. It's cheap. It's so, so cheap to make, and it feels so good. Definitely tastes better than anything from a jar. And, yeah, I feel accomplished that I did it. And I can eat all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Any other questions? No, we got through my list. Awesome. Do you have any other questions? I do not have From any questions. The Is there Miss anything America, you'd like to 1996? share? <laughs> How do you think we can achieve world peace? You have 30 seconds. 
<laughs> Claudia's Miss America audition <laughs> tape. I think that we all just have to love each other. Just kidding. No. Uh, we don't have to agree, but we do have to respect each other. Words from Miss Pat. Follow Ms. Pat Comedian. Shout out Ms. Pat. Instagram. <laughs> Ms. Pat, what do you do for self-care? She'd be like, yeah, fuck that. Fuck. Self-care. I don't got time for self-care. Fuck self-care. Self-care. Everyone has time for self-care. You can take an extra two minutes to brush your hair to um, wash your, your hair. Yeah. Wash your teeth mm. and brush your hair. Washing wash my hair. face. I have like products that I really love that make me feel good about myself when I use them yeah. and a little jade roller. So sometimes oh, yeah. I'll take like an extra five minutes to like, or I don't know how much time. But I'll like really just like massage my cheeks and my like jaw, yeah. especially or like people my neck. with depression don't get up out of bed to brush their teeth. That's like a fact. <laughs> okay. Like a lot of people cannot even get out of bed enough to do simple hygiene. So I think that we need to like really like that's why I talk about self care. Everyone does self care. Mm. If you take care of yourself in the morning, then you've done self care for the day. Yeah, I so. think that those little things make you feel good. Like yeah, if you so can just spend like, a little extra time brushing your hair. Yeah, or, like the, that's my thing. It's like I I'll brush my hair. Yeah, I'm also a kind of person that like I I like to buy certain things and like to buy things that make me feel good. So like I haven't really been. So but I bought like some cleaning products from like a eco friendly like eco friendly brand. And now, like, I get excited to, like, clean my apartment because I'm, like, oh, I feel good about the product I'm using. Yeah. I, I want it to feel good and it smells so nice. Um, but until they pay me, I'm not going to – just kidding. Everyone. <laughs> Don't plug them. Um, but, yeah, those things that, like, just make me feel good. Like, I got, like, a very popular toothbrush. And now I'm, like, yeah, if I'm feeling depressed and I'm, like, I don't want to get out of bed – out of bed I might be like but let me just do oh this well let thing. me yeah well I do feel good when I do that so I guess I'll do it yeah Ugh, I guess yeah and then and I then, do it and I'm like okay fine and then it, then it's done yeah then it's like that one thing on your to-do list that got done that day yeah and that's all really that matters sometimes just brush your teeth y'all just brush your come teeth. on guys just get it together and brush your teeth brush your it's hair disgusting. this has come to you by by Zara and Steven Brought to you by Crest. <laughs> I was going to say Quip. Oh, okay. Quip. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. Stephen, thank you for setting all of this for up. fixing some of the questions. For fixing some of the questions, for cleaning the studio. It's been great. Of course. All thank right. Thank you guys for listening. Bye, guys. Bye.